Hi, I'm Jen Horn. And I'm Ayan De La Torre. And you're listening to Mooney on This, the show where we talk about the challenges and possibilities in creating a more mindful and livable world. Hey guys, how are you holding up? So before we dive into this episode, we want to talk a little bit about our previous episode on Courage Under Terror. It was quite heavy and serious and reflective of our mood at the time. And with recent events with the anti-terrorism bill turning into law, we're feeling pretty bummed out, to put it lightly. And so we just wanted to remind you that it's in these times that we need to hold on to hope the most. And that it's not too late to act, and it never will be for as long as we hold on to that hope, and we do what we can, and remember that we stand alongside others. And we hope that you can take the time to write letters to our leaders, engage in conversations with loved ones, and stay informed. We always say at Muni that the way to counter hopelessness is through action. No matter how small those actions may seem, they all add up. You can access resources to do all that via the link in the episode description of Episode 7, Courage Under Terror. And now, on to this episode. I admit I have no green thumb. Every plant that has been given to me, they either died or I had to give them away in order for them to survive. But during the start of the quarantine, I was curious with the idea of being able to grow my own food. I learned from our meetup Sprout Joy that the Bureau of Plant Industry was giving away free seeds to the residents of Metro Manila to help us get started with our own edible home garden. So I drove there, I got some seeds, I Instagram storied it, and then asked my housemates to plant it. While I didn't plant them myself, I was amazed with the entire process. For me, personally, One of my ambitions for 2020 was actually to start a food garden. So this is a pretty self-indulgent episode because I also wanted to look at how to start a food garden with my own local community as well. And one of the unexpected impacts of COVID is that it actually ushered in a real interest in backyard farming for a lot of people. It has so many appeals to me and benefits which our other guests in this episode will also mention, but also... It's kind of been my sort of refuge, a way to find a bit of sanity and self-care amidst the craziness happening in the world right now. I wondered though, are the social and environmental benefits of growing food in urban centers actually significant? Or, you know, is, is urban farming just a hobby for bored lockdown titas of Manila? There was this Vox article on the real value of urban farming, and it said that the main benefits of urban farming is its ability to reconnect urban folks with how to grow our own food, and this in turn helps us um, better understand our food system and gives us a greater appreciation of food and our farmers. And as someone who has been trying and failing to grow her pechay for months, I can truly say that I'm more willing to pay a farmer to save me the frustration. But in this podcast episode, we talk to two urban farmers who have reaped more benefits from urban farming. They found resiliency and a sense of community through their food gardens. We'll be talking first to JC Tejano, a Quezon City resident with zero experience in farming who, together with similarly inexperienced neighbors, turned a trash-filled, empty lot into an abundant community garden in just a span of two months, all while in lockdown. 
And then we get to meet Munir and Raina Hinai of Zamboanga, a father-daughter duo who are the co-founders of Kids Who Farm. They create fun and easy farming lessons to empower kids to learn the benefits of urban farming and set up community food gardens of their own, regardless of their age. Let's hear from JC, the accidental farmer from Quezon City. Yeah, I'm JC Tejano. I am a lawyer working with Saligan, a legal resource non-government organization that uh, works with the urban poor, labor unions, women, children, indigenous people, different sectors. So I am now apparently an urban farmer (laughs) because of the quarantine. When the quarantine started, some kids were playing with matches on the empty lot. The mass of garbage caught fire and the fire almost spread to the adjoining houses, including JC's house. Thankfully, they were able to stop the fire before that happened. But JC and his neighbors realized that they had to prevent something like that from happening again. The next day, they cleaned up the land, and while cleaning it up, they thought they might as well plant vegetables and trees. Not only to stop people from turning that place into a dump again, but also to avoid having to go to the market in light of the pandemic. We did a lot of research uh, before we started talaga rin. Nanonood kami. <laughs> Yun yung research namin. Nanonood kami YouTube. <laughs> Nanag, nag-wiki-how kami. Tapos, well, sinukat namin yung lupa. No? Uh, we had a blueprint on a, you know, it's a graphing paper nung math notebook ko dati. So, nag-blueprint kami doon nung design. Uh, then we adjusted along the way para feeling kaming, ano, no? feeling kaming architect at carpintero. So no one, no one was familiar with urban farming from like your group, your neighbors? No one, no one at all um, was familiar no, with urban, urban farming. Not even, uh, you know, designing <laughs> or landscaping um, gardens. Wala, wala. We, we all started from, from scratch. Do you feel like you were connected with your neighbors before or was this really facilitated by the quarantine? Before this, I think it's a typical neighborhood, no? Na hindi naman talaga kayo. Walang uh, it's it's not uh, as deep a sense of community no? as as it is now. Ngayon, ibang klase. Iniisip ko dati, parang never naman nagkaroon ng ganitong level ng cooperation or you know, helping each other. So this is very new to us, very new. We ask JC's insights on what are the benefits of growing your own veggies and what keeps their group motivated to sustain this quarantine project. Number one sa lahat, sobrang sarap. Sobrang sarap. Ibang klase. I don't know the science behind it. I really don't know. Pero parang there is something um, that happens to the taste of vegetables kapag matagal sila from harvest to your table. So kami, we never store our harvest. We only harvest every time kami kakain, every time we need it. So, pagpitas sa pagpitas nung pechay, kunyari, no, kakainin namin siya agad. Um, lulutuin agad in under two hours. Um, it will be on our plate. So, yung pechay, it's so different. Meron siyang, and mawiwirduhan ka siguro dito, meron siyang tamis, pait, anghang. Na, it's it's so strange. No? <laughs> Paano siya nagkaroon ng ganong or actually baka pala no yun talaga yung flavor no ng pechay na hindi lang natin nalalasahan na because our food no, travels miles and miles or kilometers and kilometers no, before it reaches our plates 
Apart from the joy of consuming fresh produce and discovering different layers of flavor of pet chai, we also learned from JC that the garden helped them drastically reduce their waste. Waste that would otherwise go straight to the landfill. Another thing, sobrang, uh, how do you say it? I think we reduced our waste no, so much because of the garden dahil all of, almost all of our biodegradables na napupunta talaga siya sa compost. No, uh, tapos, yung entire garden, well, almost the entire garden, no, ay made up of uh, recycled materials. No, like the uh, wooden frame for the garden beds came from old cabinets. In our house, the trellises were old metal racks. So, and dami naming reuse. In fact, no, believe it or not, no, setting up the garden no, cost us no, monetarily just 300 pesos for a 200 square meter garden. And, siempre di ba, uh, doon sa existing no, na climate emergency no, sa buong mundo, I think that also, you know, contributes in, in what little way no, it does um, to reducing uh, our carbon footprint. So, especially no, yung traveling, nung food, no, wala nang ganun no, for, for our consumption, I think that's, that's also very important. JC also talked about the benefits of urban gardening for his own well-being, how it eventually evolved into his form of self-care. I go to the garden every morning and uh, every afternoon. Right before sunset, just to you know relax. No, especially nowadays, na um, tapos na kami magtanim, no, mas nagaantay na lang kami. So you know, just to breathe in nature, no, just to breathe in the oxygen from the plants. No, so sobrang sobrang. It's almost like while we're growing our plants, no, we're, we're, we were also growing our mental wellness. We were also growing our soul um, doon sa garden. After the break, JC reflects on the challenges they encountered in urban gardening and how they address these challenges. And now, let's go back to our conversation with JC. The amount of garbage in the place. In fact, kinailangan pa naming bayaran yung mga garbage collectors para lang kolektahin nila yung basura. Kasi sobrang dami, masyado marami. So inabot kami, like, in fact, I think ano na nga eh, parang, how do you say it, uh, underestimated na to, na parang 25 na sako ng bigas no, worth ng basura. Pero I think nga much more than that pa. No, um, until now, no, uh, I'm, I'm sure no dun sa just beneath the topsoil or in the topsoil, meron pa rin mga natitirang basura. Kasi, ano siya, no? imagine, it's, sa 30 years no, na tinatapunan ng basura ng mga tao. So, ang ginawa namin, kaya rin kami nag-square-foot uh, uh, garden, yung nag-raised beds, kasi managed mo doon yung soil um, as opposed to yung diretso, diretso doon sa existing na lupa. Tapos nakakapag-mix ka pa Sorry, nakapag-mix ka pa ng compost no, doon sa, sa raised bed. So, yun yung naging, how do you say, that's how we addressed it. No? Yung pagkukolekta ng basura na talagang, ano talaga siya, <laughs> day in, day out na no, trabaho. Another challenge was, uh, when we started, it was uh, during the summer. So, sobrang kailangan nung halaman nung tubig. Nagdidilig kami nun twice a day. And yung isa sa mga natutunan namin, ang tubig, hindi, or okay lang naman, pero mas maganda na wala siyang chlorine. 
when you use it not to water your plants mas magtha-thrive i think at uh, tinatanong kanina no kung bakit kaya ganun ka abundant i think that's one major reason no? kasi we don't use water with chlorine so yung water no, um, from your tap no yung uh, galing sa gripo no napakadali lang you just have to expose it for three days no to sunlight yeah yung chlorine kasi Siyempre, nagpapanggap ako may alam, no? pero sa, sa YouTube, YouTube ko lang ito <laughs> Yung chlorine kasi, designed siya to kill bacteria, eh, di ba? Precisely, mm-hmm. kaya nalagyan ng chlorine yung tap water yeah. natin kasi masama yon sa katawan natin, right? Pero yung uh-huh. plants, they need bacteria, no? They need certain bacteria. Um, and kapag inapplyan mo ng chlorine yon pinapatay mo yung good bacteria sa soil. Oh, di ba? <laughs> YouTube expert. <laughs> believe yeah. ako, believe. I, I believe yeah. it. So, so yeah, no, uh, yun yung some of the challenges. Ngayon, meron na akong back pain. Pero I think mali lang yung, yung technique argument. ko eh. Kasi yung ibang tao dito, oh, yung ibang tao dito hindi naman nagka-back pain. So, so I think kulang sa PE nung, nung college. Since JC is first and foremost a lawyer, we wanted to know his ideas on what our government can do to incentivize more communities to grow their own food, from a legislative standpoint to barangay-led initiatives. Ang madalas kasi pag pinag-uusapan ng farming, na ang naiisip talaga ay uh, yung countryside, no, yung sa provinces. So possibly, uh, yun yung framework no, na ng mga policies natin. Uh, which is, you know, hindi yun, hindi yun mali. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying hindi dapat ganun. Um, tama yun talaga. No? Napakaraming needs ng farmers no, sa countryside, no, sa, sa probinsya. Pero yung urban farming kasi, very specific yung requirements niya rin. Diba? Very specific yung setup niya. No? So, kailangan din niya ng specific no, na attention, na specific na policies. I hope, I hope it would become a norm, no? but you know if kung hindi talaga magkaroon ng vaccine uh, talagang uh, hindi you know hindi hindi ma-address at uh, mabalik yung dating normal the old normal and if the new normal will really be about uh, physical distancing the urban urban farms are the only way to go for for food uh, here in the city kasi, di ba, kapag hindi na nag-operate ang markets, no, paano na? Saan ka kukuha ng pagkain mo? So, it will have a big role. It will have a big role, you know, if things remain as they are. And to end our conversation, we asked JC his insights on how urban food gardens can actually help release us from the clutches of food systems and how they are created in the spirit of community rather than selfishness. It's economically liberating, to rely on your own community garden it's almost like we have our own local economy here no na walang pera na, na ginagamit na as in uh, pipitas lang kakain actually no yung ganito rin na perspective no yung ganito na food system nakuha ko rin to kasi last year no nag uh, immersion kami for work na no, sa isang hanunuo mangyan na community I lived there for uh, about a week and yung isa ko talagang na-notice sa kanila, yung harvesting is an integral part of their meal preparation. Never sila nag-harvest ng more than what they need. And yun, yun laging batayan ng how much they will harvest. And it's not even, you know, you harvest for the day. It's not even like that. You harvest every meal. So yung pagkuha ng food, 
pag-access sa food ay part ng daily routine nila for every meal. Ang reason na hindi sila kumukuha ng mas marami no, than they need ay uh, una sa lahat, wala silang storage. Yun yung una sa lahat. They can't store food to last long. Pero pangalawa, ang perspective nila, kapag kumuha sila ng mas marami, they are getting from others. Kasi paano yung iba na nadadaan? Kasi hindi naman sa kanila yun eh. Kaya nga ganun din yung perspective na, hindi naman amin to eh. Anyone na nadumaan dito, pwedeng pumitas na no, walang problema. No, kasi yung mga gulay, how can they be yours? No, <laughs> may sarili silang buhay, no, meron silang, they grew from soil. Yun yung food system na, na sinusunod namin ngayon no, dito. You can find no, solidarity in community gardens, in, in urban gardens. And I think yung solidarity na yun, that's exactly what we need in these times. From Quezon City in Metro Manila, we go to Zamboanga City for a chat with the father-daughter team behind Kids Who Farm. That's coming up after the break. This episode is brought to you by Forest Foundation Philippines, a nonprofit that supports projects that empower people to protect our forests. If you have a project in mind, visit forestfoundation.ph to learn ways to fund it. I'm Munir Hinay. I'm the co-founder of Kids of Harm. And together with me is my daughter, Raina. He's the co-founder of Kids of Harm, too. Munir's daughter, Raina, would join him on his container gardening activities even when she was as young as one year old. Together, they started Kids Who Farm on Raina's ninth birthday last February 2019. Their aim was to teach kids about the value of food and farming through fun and easy learning sessions and by establishing food gardens as learning sites run by kids. Their journey so far has reinforced their belief in farming and education as a tool to get kids and their parents to care for nature, to gain food security and lessen dependence on, you know, the big global food system, to provide livelihood opportunities, and in some cases, to even help bring peace. Sounds like a big feat for a bit of farming, right? Listen to Munir and Raina as they share what inspired them to start this and how they found and continue to find opportunities for communal food gardens to make a positive impact in the places they grow. I got inspired by my father. He works He works in an NGO called WWF. And sometimes at summer, he brings me up with him traveling. I saw lots of na- nice plants there, which make me interested. Before his boarding house got demolished, I saw his nice garden full of ampalaya. It was just an urban garden, but it grew so well. But what if we had our own garden? I've seen lots of gardens at school. I've seen a garden at school, but the only problem is that it was not, not, not taken care of. So one day, she approached me and then she told me na she wanted to, wanted to tell the principal na wag i-demolish yung garden kasi gusto niyang i-develop namin. So, uh, and then I told her na, okay, why not we write the school principal but not ourselves, but we write the school principal as Kids So Farm or uh, like an organization. So that started. So I, we wrote a letter to the school principal and she handed the letter she even rehearsed pa nga how to hand the letter to the school principal <laughs> That's so cute. as kids of farm. So, 
So parang si Ryan, siya yung nag-inspire for me to really jumpstart the organization. From its inception, with Munir being inspired by his own daughter, who herself was inspired by the experiences her father shared with her, Kids Who Farm was really about creating experiential learning opportunities to connect the youth with farming. More important to note is that according to data from the Department of Agriculture in 2012, the average age of the country's 11 million farmers and fishermen is 57 years old. With a lot of the youth uninterested in farming because the current system has not been generous to Filipino farmers to say the least. Sabi nga ni Dr. Salisan, youth is the hope of the future and we always believe that the future of food security is the youth. I actually um, have this thing in mind na kasi having worked as, uh, in WWF with sustainable food systems. So much of my work experience really comes from um, the development sector. No? So I have worked with fishermen, farmers over the years and it's right na, na our farmers are getting older and I think I need to figure out also how to you know, try to jumpstart an initiative that will help build the next generation of future farmers. And I realized also that educating the next generation kasi of food producers takes a little while. Um, kailangan din talaga i-build yung kanilang interest doon sa uh, aspect of far- food and farming. So not just about farming, but basically uh, the appreciation of where your food comes mm-hmm. from. So when we start this, this organization, we... We started this as a learning ano, platform for the kids to be involved in growing their own food. Mm-hmm. Kaya yung perspective namin always is parang gusto namin ma-emphasize na life skill. In growing your own food is a life skill and something that children should also learn. And it should start at home because as parents, dapat isa sa mga tinuturo natin sa ating mga kabataan, hindi lang yung paano kumain ng wasto, ano yung tamang pagkain, pero... I think more than ever, or more importantly, alam nila yung value of the food mm. that's being eaten. How it grows, the science behind it, at least, and the appreciation na uh, hindi na siya galing sa isang box, galing siya sa mga mm. tao, mga farmer natin na nagtatrabaho para makapudus atin ng ganitong pagkain. Having never been to Zamboanga myself, I asked Munir what his city was like in terms of urbanization or availability of land for farming. He shared that Zamboanga is highly urbanized and while it is also the third largest city in the Philippines in terms of land area, some market research they did on the supply and demand of vegetables revealed that much of the produce they consume in the city were actually imported from other Philippine provinces like Bukidnon and Cagayan de Oro, and much of their own production in Zamboanga also goes to supplying other nearby islands like Basilan and Tawi-Tawi. Actually, our local production is not enough to uh, supply the demand of the, the people here in Zamboanga. Maraming area pa rin talaga yung dedicated to agriculture production. Pero nahahati din sila sa ibang land use. At marami doon yung forest, yung iba. So iba, tas may coastal. Pagdating sa supply ng isda, hindi kami, walang problema actually dito sa Zamboanga. Kasi talagang fresh yung mga isda dito. Pero pagdating sa gulay, Yun, meron talagang challenge in terms of supply and demand. Ang unique case lang kasi namin dito kasi doon sa buong tapestry no situation and all the cultural backgrounds here, uh, part of the work that we actually do is trying to address yung peace and order or yung peace security dito sa Sambuanga. And we 
we found that malaki yung role ng food security in trying to also educate people about food security as a contribution to peace no and order parang ganoon so meron kami mga ginagawang trainings uh, as far as basilan ganyan where uh, last year we trained some of the kids na medyo may involvement sa extremist groups mga ganyan and one of the highlight na meron kami dito sa Sambuanga is that uh, our project with a group of women na residents ng isang relocation site because of the Sambuanga siege no so it's in Barangay Tulongatong Sambuanga City Barangay Tulongatong is the new resettlement area for the families and households affected by Sambuanga siege and marami dito ay mga coastal dwellers so may mga Badjao may mga Tausug so it's a multicultural na diverse na community ng mga naapektuhan ng Sambuanga siege After the break we learn more about how kids who farm help these women find livelihood in farming. And now, back to our interview with Munir Hinay of Kids Who Farm. With his background in community organizing, Munir also helped set up ATIWA, or the Association of Tulungatong Innovative Women Agripreneurs. Together with Raina, he trained 40 women on urban gardening, and with the help of the Rotary Club, they established a 2,000-square-meter garden. Now, the group was able to convert that into a flourishing communal garden, producing food for the community and providing immediate food supply to residents and livelihood to women. Ang latest update namin, they're earning now as high as like 30,000 already from the produce ng garden nila. And they're trying to diversify na into other livelihood projects no, for the women members. And what we're doing now, dahil nga dito sa pandemic, we actually are working on two community garden projects. So one is a school-based garden project called the School Micro Farm. So the, the School Micro Farm naman is a concept na we have developed prior pa sa pandemic. Kasi ito na yung nakikita namin yung sa vision ng Kinso Farm na green jobs incubation for the youth. Kasi nakikita namin dun sa ginagawang gulayan sa paaralan na it's more production focused. So tinuturuan yung bata how to grow the gulay pero hindi naka-focus on teaching the kids how to sell the gulay mm. and make a livelihood out of it. no Or at least get some financial or monetary reward out of selling the gulay. So that's what we integrated doon sa school microform project. No? So that the usual is like to teach them how to grow gulay properly through new technologies. But on the other hand, uh, part ng aming training is to also teach them how to do market value chain analysis for vegetables. Simple lang na mga terms. No? Maintindihan nila na mayroon palang process yung gulay mo from the farm to the market. May mga value added yan. Parang ganyan. And then... May actual linkage to the market. Right. So yun yung ano namin na agreement sa school na once they sell the gulay, dapat yung involved, kasi hindi naman lahat ng bata may involved sa garden, mm-hmm. yung involved doon will be paid mm-hmm. an amount because of uh, his or her work doon sa garden. Mm-hmm. And sa tingin namin, with, with that kind of um, motivation, as a monetary motivation, ang theory of change namin na that can help naman motivate at least yung bata na, o meron palang livelihood aspect tung pagtatanim ng gulay. And somehow, um, makaka-influence sa kanya na to tackle maybe down the line. Pwede siyang maging, venture into farming or not necessarily farming, but uh, any form of livelihood that is uh, agriculture-based 
Munir spoke a lot about the value of urban food gardens in ensuring food security. However, prior to our interview, I also shared an article with him published by Vox. It argued that the real value of urban farming isn't actually in the food it provides because it cannot feed entire cities, but rather it can help teach us to appreciate food better. Munir argued that they may be coming from a different context, seeing that it was based on data from the United States. While for us here in the Philippines, it's really part of going back to our roots in more resilient food systems. That's the original talaga natin, eh. We have our communal garden, we have our backyard garden in our houses. But because of our globalized food systems, we're already urbanized, na rin tayo, we subscribe na to the dictates of what we natin sa supermarket and all. Pero yun nga, because of the situation na nagkakaroon ng pandemic, bubabalik tayo sa ganong concept, no? But beyond kasi dun sa issue ng food security, I think malaking, ang malaking contribution or malaking aspeto na gustong i-address nung, ano, yung community garden is really empowerment, no? We're trying to democratize agriculture kasi parang na naging global na yung globalized na yung food systems natin and we thought na our food global food system will address the major problems that we're actually encountering as far as food security, like for hunger, like malnutrition, pero hindi siya nangyayari. In fact, marami sa mga kinakain natin that's being, that's being produced by our, our food systems are not healthy, are not really addressing, no? Uh, it's, it's more of business beyond the basics. So, yung communal food garden or the food garden concept, community food garden concept, is like uh, bringing back that whole idea na we can actually detach from the food system and at some point we we can address some of the nutrition issues na pwede nating magawa na ma-address using the communal garden hindi naman sinasabi na totally ma-detach pero dahan-dahan magkakaroon tayo ng empowerment I mean, tinatawag ay seizing your power to produce your own food to choose your uh, the type of food that you're gonna eat because i see what i what i grow is what i eat but what I want to eat is what I want to grow. Because in, in growing food, in nurturing food, in nurturing our garden, because ang tingin ko doon is one way of also explaining to our kids uh, the value of life, the value of I mean nurturing life. Because gr- growing food is about nurturing life. Eh. So what what better way no na ma-explain natin ng maayos sa isang bata yung context ng environment, mm-hmm. context ng uh, nurturing life, may explain actually natin sa isang maliit na garden. In the course of creating this episode and the last one on courage under terror, we learned more about the injustice against farmers and, well, thanks to JC, the backbreaking work that farmers really need to put in to get us food on our table. While researching for this episode as well, we wondered if urban farming would have negative impacts on farmers if city dwellers became less reliant on them. But according to some of our references, which you can access in the link in our episode description, city dwellers will still need to rely on farmers for food production. But anyway, it's it's really our hope that by talking about food gardens and hopefully getting you to do some urban farming too, We hope this opens up space in your life to ask more questions about what a sustainable food system could look like or should look like. 
and how we can really consider the struggles of farmers in that conversation. Let us know if that's something you'd like us to explore in future episodes, maybe? In the meantime, you can also check out the Sprout Joy event that we did last May, where we talked about making your own healthy soil and growing your own veggies with soilmate Rina Papio of Green Space and farmer Gio Espital of Good Food Community. Or access that along with other references for and resources from this episode via the episode description. This episode was produced by Mooney. It was hosted and written by Jen Horn and Ayan De La Torre. Edited by podwiz.com.au with music by Diego Mapa and branding by Sirius Studio.